You're listening to Bird Means Business, episode 79. Hey there, and thank you for tuning into Bird Means Business podcast. I'm your host, Bird Williams, and I'm so glad you're here. Have you ever heard the term registered agent? Maybe whenever you filed your LLC, your limited liability corporation with the state, you noticed this was on the form. This is one of those things that I had to actually Google when I was launching my first business. But you're in for a treat because I have registered agents, Diane and Deborah of Strategic Training and Consulting on the show to tell you all about what a registered agent is and answer questions like, can I be my own registered agent? Let me tell you a little bit about Deborah and Diane. I have known these twin sisters since college and they're the founders of Strategic Training and Consulting where they help entrepreneurs realize their dreams of starting a business or nonprofit by assisting them with a multitude of services, including business and nonprofit formation, registered agent services, website development, HR management, and business compliance. Deborah and Diane are also co-founders of Inspiring Women Today, and they manage businesses in the security space. So they are busy ladies, and I'm honored to have them on the show. Now, Before we jump into the episode, I want to make sure you know about my free masterclass. It's the four make or break keys to business building success. Y'all, this masterclass was a hit back in January, so I brought it back for you to watch at your convenience. You can go to birdwilliams.com slash masterclass to really learn how to build, launch, and grow a solid business without all of the constant overwhelm, confusion, or perpetually feeling stuck. You're going to leave this free masterclass with tons of actionable notes, clarity on where to actually focus, and much-needed momentum to make it all happen. Alrighty, let's jump into the episode. Deborah and Diane, I am so glad to have you on the Bird Means Business Podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. I know that our conversation is going to be so helpful and practical for entrepreneurs. This is a topic that I don't see a lot of people talking about, but it's so important. We're going to talk about why you need a registered agent. And before we jump in, I really want to just know, I want you to kind of tell us about your entrepreneurial journey and and how you decided to launch STC, which is Strategic Training and Consulting. That's your firm and how you decided to offer registered agent services. So tell me a little bit about your your journey. So our first business in 2015 was an adult education company. And our primary service was offering business English classes or courses to small business owners. And so during the course of our one-on-one lessons with them, our topics changed from business English to talking about small businesses and how to grow our businesses. So it went from teaching English to small business consulting, and that wasn't our, our plan. <laughs> so we, we had similar things that we talked about, marketing, what was best for us and what was best for them. And we, we enjoyed it to be able to offer insight from our experiences to them. And then so maybe after our second year lease ended for our adult education company, we were looking for a new spot. And with that new spot, it was another location, still inside the city, but also a new service. 
So that's when we started Small Business Consulting. Mm-hmm. And when we started Small Business Consulting, we first started our first business. We didn't know what a registered agent was. LLC paperwork, I'm a registered agent. We just Googled it and then found out what exactly it was. And first we put, we found one because we, we didn't have our own first location first. So we found a registered agent for our first business. And then when we started our second business, we figured that's a core service that we wanted to offer. Yeah. Because we know now what registered agents do. And we felt that why not offer that service? It's important for businesses in order to, the reminders to stay compliant. And yeah, it was, I guess it was kind of, we had a location, which was good. And we're open normal business hours. And that's one of the, the requirements for registered agents. So yeah, offer that. Yeah. So I guess let's back up and talk about what a registered agent is and why that service is important. I mean, you mentioned having an actual location, which is, is key, right? A place where you can be served papers or have mail sent. So kind of explain what a registered agent is mm-hmm. and why it's important. Mm-hmm. So a registered agent, it could be a person or it could be a company. But one of the requirements, they have to be open during regular business hours. That might be 9 to 6, 8 to 5. So they receive any correspondence from the state. So that may be the Secretary of State, the Texas Comptroller's Office, those are the top two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes it's also the IRS, the um, Texas Workforce Commission. So different state and government agencies have the registered agents contact on file. Mm-hmm. So super important. Yeah, very important. And then in terms of it being a requirement. So when someone's applying for the LLC application with the state or their nonprofit application with the state, on that application it asks, it requires you to list your registered agent that is. So before you can complete that application, you have to specify who that's going to be. So before you, have, you can start that LLC or corporation, you have to identify who your registered agent is. Yes. So, okay, I see. Your registered agent is someone who's going to receive notices from these entities um, on your behalf, right? And. Mm-hmm. I know that, like you said, it's on the LLC paperwork. So just for anyone who's listening, who maybe doesn't know what an LLC is, that's your, if you're going to be a limited liability corporation, if that's the entity structure that you are deciding to have for your business on that form in Texas, it requ- I guess on, in every state, I imagine, yes. <laughs> in every state, it requires that you list a registered agent. And when we've launched our first business, which is a gym here in Houston called The League, we actually set everything up with a lawyer. So our lawyer, he set up our LLC documentation, our operating agreement, all of those basic forms, but then also our investor agreement. We had like an independent contractor agreement. So it was like this whole bundle thing we were doing with our attorney. So he was, he listed himself as a registered agent mm-hmm. in that case. And so we, it was our first time. We didn't really know what was going on. We saw the form. It looked great. Awesome. And so then we would realize throughout the year, you know, after we filed our LLC, he would let us know if we received mail and on and on. Well, then when we got ready to launch subsequent businesses, we didn't go through him and we kind of felt like we knew what we were doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when it came to like that line item in the LLC paperwork, we just put ourselves. <laughs> and two things I know, and y'all can talk to why it maybe isn't a good idea to put yourself, but one thing was that it's public information. And that was our home address, you know, us being associated with our business in that way. And so anyway, I want you to kind of just talk through why maybe that those are some things you should consider not doing and kind of any, anything you've seen in terms of like what's gone wrong in these situations. Yeah. So yeah, by default, some people are like, they want to finish the application really quick. I'm just going to put myself down there and they might just not know what a registered agent is. 
I guess the biggest reasons why you shouldn't do that is one, if you don't have a physical location, you don't have a business and you're working from home, you have a home-based business, it's great. You might not be there during yeah. normal business hours. You may go run errands, you know? So ideally someone might not come to serve papers, but in case they do and no one's there to receive those, then that's, that's a problem. Yeah. So for, for most companies, you never want to get sued. You, you never want to have losses, but it does happen. And if you're not at home, if you put yourself as a registered agent on file, you could potentially one day get sued or have a lawsuit brought against you. And, you know, the sheriff's office, someone will come to serve those papers. And if you're not, if you're served, you're not there, that becomes another issue. And so it's very, very important. One, you can have, you can be on a street and that's fine. If you have a, a home business, another office, even a business office, you're there from nine to five or eight to six, you can be your registered agent. But as far as having irregular hours, flexibility in your schedule, and a lot of small business owners have irregular hours. They work all day, but they may have different, you know, spurts in between those times because they're not in the office. And during COVID, when a lot of businesses shut down, we're registered agents. So our clients pay us to operate through the normal business hours. So even though COVID happened, we were still at our office. And one of our clients got sued. So we had to knock the the entire building was empty except for our office. So we had to knock on the door and it was one of our clients being sued. So that's a prime example of why you need a registration. You do have your own physical location for your business. In case you do get served, you don't want to get served in front of your clients or your customers. Mm-hmm. I think that's you know, important to separate those two things. And the worst case scenario, if that were to happen, it wouldn't happen in front of everybody else. Right. Right. I love this. This is so good and important. And I think, like I said, it's not something that's talked up a lot about because of what you said. It's, it feels like it's unlikely that you're going to get sued, right? Unlikely that you're going to need, you know, paper served to you, but it's just like insurance. It's like, you don't think you need it until you do. And then when you need it, you're like, dang it. Right. So I think it's so important to just really make sure you cross all your T's and dot all your I's and make sure that when you're filling out these forms and thinking about your business holistically and thinking about, again, you don't want to have to have in the back of your mind, oh man, you know, what if I get served these papers or, and I'm not there or, you know, how do I need to best represent myself? You could literally just outsource this whole service, this whole operation and clear that part of your mind and your energy, right? To someone else so that you're able to really focus on what you're best in your business. I'm not great at registered agent stuff. I'm not great at, I don't want to be, have to be tied down to my office, whether I, whether it's a home office or my gym business, we have classes throughout the day. We're not really open the whole day. So I don't want to have to feel the need for someone to be there or me to be there the whole day because of this. Right. So it's just kind of more of a mindset too, I think for entrepreneurs, especially new entrepreneurs. Cause it's like I said, when I first launched our business, you know, our first businesses, this was kind of like a, oh, whatever. And now it's like, this is actually really important. (laughs) So I love that you brought that up. And another thing with the home, I I know that I'm, and and correct me if I'm wrong, that you can't put a PO box down for, I get that question a lot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you want to put a PO box down to avoid having your home address be public, but you're not allowed to in certain cases. So it's great to have that, that registered agent to step in on your behalf. Because mm-hmm. some people will have a P.O. box, but also within the P.O. box, also be given a physical address. It's not really a physical address, and they'll use that. And it won't say P.O. box. They don't have a physical address that's connected to the post office, and they'll try and use that, but it doesn't work at the end mm-hmm. of the day. They can, they can put it on for the paper, but at the end of the day, you have to have a physical, physical address where people can be served. Because if you have that physical, that physical address at the P.O. box, 
the sheriff's office can't go to the post office and serve you there. Right. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, it's so true. I remember going through that and same thing in my mind thinking, oh, well, because I got a, a letter from the post office saying you can get a street address for your P.O. box. Yeah. Like, oh, ding, ding, ding. And it's like, no, still, that doesn't work. You know, you don't want to uh, put yourself in that situation. So I love that you brought that up. So in terms of hiring a registered agent, when is the best time to do that? I'm thinking about entrepreneurs who are, you know, either in the launch phase, like they have this idea, a launch date is set out ahead of them and they're preparing to launch their business. And then we might have some entrepreneurs who are tuning in who have already launched their business that maybe kind of missed some steps or haven't really thought about this. What would you say to them in terms of when's the best time to hire a registered agent? Anytime before they file the LLC paperwork. Sometimes people will find a registered agent online. They haven't contacted them or paid for the services, but they'll file them online, form the LLC, and put the registered agent on there, and then later on pay for the service. Hmm. I think the first two weeks after forming is the most important time as far as when important documents come. We file your LLC on June 1st. Let's say by June 15th, the Texas Controls Office will start sending you your taxpayer number. Mm-hmm. And they only send that once, maybe two times a year. So if you don't, if you don't have an address that you're checking, physical address, you're checking that mail all the time, and you miss that, it's hard to get access to it again. So the first two weeks is when the most important okay. information comes from the Texas Controls Office as far as your taxpayer number. If you apply for your sales tax permit, those are the first two weeks. So I think prior to forming your LLC in your business plan, you have that set up. As far as before your LLCs, before you form it, making sure you have the registration agent on file. Yes. And I will say from experience that those documents she's mentioning are so important. I can't tell you how many times my accountant has asked, can you give me the XT number or the RT number or whatever it is from the, from the people, from the comptroller's office? And I'm like, um, I know I got that paper somewhere in this mound of papers that I have, right? But I love and I want to talk about your process because I'm a client of yours and I've loved working with you, but you will send, and there's like a portal where all the documents are and you'll send an email saying, hey, there's a new document there. So I'm just saying to those listening, it might seem like, oh, I don't know if I really need this. You do because those numbers and those notices and, and mailings you're going to be getting from the government and from different people is really important to have and keep. And it can be so much easier when it's stored with someone like a registered agent. So kind of talk through your process. If someone's listening to this and they're like, I definitely want to work with y'all. This is great. I love it. What does that look like? And how does it work? Just going back really quick on Dan, when you asked about when was the best time, she mentioned right prior to formation, right? But for some people that didn't choose a registered agent prior and they've already started the LLC or their nonprofit, it's still good to change. So an actual registered agent beyond yourself. And for that, they can still choose us or choose another registered agent service or business. But then all we would do is do a change of registered address okay. with, secretary with Secretary of State. So someone can still, after formation, they can always switch the registered agent to someone else. I love, I love that you brought that up because like I said, I might have some entities that we might need to do that for <laughs> where we yeah. switch the, the address. So just to back up for that, what is that process like? How much does it cost? Do you have any numbers or anything? Yeah. So our registered agent fee for the year is $100 for a change of registered agent address. Then that's $115. It's additional $15 because with the Secretary of State, when we go on the back end to change us as your new registered agent, it, the price is $15. 
Got it. So, but yeah, just an additional fifteen dollars. That's the state charges fifteen dollars. So just one fifteen instead of hundred dollars for the year. And then we do that on our end on the Secretary of State website. And then we just need like one piece of information to do that from our client, like their web file number, and then we do that for them. And with the portal that you have, all our clients have a client portal. Our fee for the year is hundred dollars, and that includes every paper that we receive on your behalf, any documents you receive on your behalf is sent over to you. And we differ from other companies because some other registered agent companies will charge a fee after, let's say, your first 10 documents. After the first 10 documents, they charge per document. <laughs> so for us, I mean, we're your registered agent. That's the purpose of you having us as your registered agent. So whatever, however many documents you receive, whether it's one document or 200 documents, the fee is going to stay the same. So that's, that's what you pay us for. Right. So every day, every morning, you check our, our mailbox here at the office. And any documents that are received from our clients, we scan those and then we upload them to the client portal. So the question you asked, I'm sorry, and then we could explain from there about registering. Or- oh, yeah. I was just asking what that process looked like. So if someone was interested in signing on with y'all, they'd go to your website. What would be that process? And then what could they expect, which you've kind of talked about in terms of the portal and having access there? Mm-hmm. So on our website, the way we have different um, services and products you can purchase. And one, it'll say register agent for a new business or register agent for an existing business. And as soon as you make that purchase, we automatically get notified and send you a new client questionnaire. We find out if you're a new LLC or you're a pre-existing LLC, the name of your LLC, your contact information, and then we'll reach out to you and then create your client portal. And then you'll create your password for your client for your client account. And then... We'll put like important information on there, like your name, your business name, your contact information that you shared with us. And then you'll create your password and then you'll be able to log in anytime. And we have different folders for different things. So we have a folder for the Texas Controller's Office, a folder for Secretary of State or the IRS, any additional documents you have depending on your industry or receive documents on your behalf. And then whenever we get something, we scan it. We scan it, upload it to your account, and then we notify you that you have a document in there that needs to be viewed. And then just one more thing that is important, because I know before we talked a lot about being served and that's, you know, important things, not having someone to receive those documents on your behalf. But another thing for us for agents, those compliance reminders. And so the key service are, that we offer is those compliance reminders, because not all of our clients will get served. Some will and some won't, but compliance is for everybody. Every LLC or corporation has, you know, things they have to file every year. And we send those reminders to our clients so they don't forget about those. And that's important. And in regards to the franchise tax, was the last reminder that we sent out to our clients. If for some reason they don't receive it, say you don't have a registered agent or you're your own registered agent, you put yourself down and then you receive a notice from the Texas Controls Office that this is about to be due, but you know, you're not really sure what it is. We send those reminders, but we explain also what this document is or what they're asking you to file. And for some of our clients, they are trying to enter different industries. They're trying to get government contracts. And they go to try and get these contracts, but they're not in good standing with the state because they missed this important reminder. They didn't do this compliance. And now they can't get that contract yet. Now they have to pay these additional fees and it kind of sets them back. And yeah. <laughs> well, for instance, the franchise tax, no tax due report was due yesterday. And if you didn't file yesterday, today is $50. And you might not have even realized that it was due yesterday. If you're your own registered agent, you weren't paying attention to the due dates mm-hmm. and you didn't pay yesterday. If you didn't file yesterday and then you don't pay today, a few months from now or a year later, you'll try and get a government contract. 
also, if you're a nonprofit, you have to have a registration also. So if you're a nonprofit trying to apply for a grant or get funded, and they look up your information and find that your company has been forfeited or your nonprofit has been forfeited because of a simple thing of not filing your franchise tax report. It's a mess. And that you didn't even know it was forfeited. So these are small things that can become big things a year down the road and cost you money. Yeah. Or your nonprofit money. Because we talked about before LLCs having a registered agent. Nonprofits also have to have a registered agent as well. So just something to keep in mind that you realize later on how can it affect your business. And if you would have you know, invested in a registered agent in the beginning, it can save you money in the long run. Yes, yes, yes to all of this. That's so true. And I love that you brought up the reminders because I was going to bring that up too. I love getting the email reminders from y'all about the different compliance needs. And that's, again, something that as a business owner, there are so many things to do and so many things to remember. You're trying to do marketing, you're trying to do sales, you're trying to do admin work and client work and also janitorial, you know, you might be doing everything. (laughs) And so to the extent that you can have another team helping you remember these very important things that, like you said, will bite you in the butt later if you don't remember them, will cause you to have to waste more time, money, energy in the future. If you don't handle them now, it's really huge. So I love that you offer this service. And I love that you've been able to educate my audience on how important it is and how helpful it can be for their businesses. So that's exciting. I'm, I'm so glad to have had y'all on. I'm definitely going to make sure to link all of your information in the show notes so that folks can learn more about you, choose to work with you. Yeah. But let me know how can listeners connect with you best online? I would say our Instagram account is, I guess, the best way. That's where we post a lot of information. We'll be posting more in the future because we have so much content and we want to get out there because it's, you know, it's informative. Like you, you have so much content and we go and we watch your podcast, podcast or your Instagram posts. And they're so informative. I feel like, you know, I should be paying for the service, but <laughs> I'm reading about it. I'm taking, you know, knowledge from it. But I would say our Instagram account and it's at Strategic Training and Consulting, as well as our Facebook. Yep. And our website. Our website is the best way as well. And then LinkedIn. We're on LinkedIn as well. So we're posting similar things on there as well. Perfect. Well, one thing I want to add before we finish, there's one thing very, very important for new business owners, whether you're your registered agent, you have another registered agent, you choose someone else, you decide to, to be your own registered agent. When you're first starting a business and you input your information on the secretary Texas Secretary of State website, and you're first starting, within those first three weeks, third-party agencies get contacting your information. So the first couple of weeks, you're getting not only important mail, but also junk mail Mm -hmm. and mail from fictitious companies that try and mirror state agencies. And so if you're not familiar with the different types of documents that you're supposed to receive, you can easily be manipulated or tricked to pay for something that that you're not supposed to. And that could be labor poster laws. It can be copies of your filings from other companies that try and mirror Texas agencies and you end up losing money. So that's just one thing to look out for. For whoever your registration is, make sure you know what type of mail you're going to receive and it's coming from the right government agencies. So they can get that address, they can get that logo. They're they're getting really good at, you know, mimicking things and replicating things. But on the outside of the mail, it'll say, Austin, Texas, as far as the address. When you open up the mail and it's saying to pay certain fees for new business filings, the address is in Chicago. So just putting two and two together. And when you're a new business owner, you don't know know those things. 
No. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I am so glad you brought that up. I know those listening can't see me, but I was like furiously nodding my head because it's so true. You get so much mail in the beginning and it's hard to differentiate. You know, you kind of panic like, oh, they're saying I need to pay this fee for this poster or whatever it might be. It's like, I don't know if this is real or yeah, not. Yeah. And then you're calling them and now they have your number. They're calling you back. It's just a mess. So again, just another great reason to have a registered agent. Ladies, I'm so glad that y'all came on the show. This has been so informative and helpful. Y'all are beautiful. I've got to get to see oh, your faces. Yes. <laughs> and I just want to, again, thank you so much. And I'll be sure to make sure to link, you said your website, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn in the show notes. So for anyone listening, you can just scroll right on down to connect with strategic training and consulting and hire a registered agent today. Yay. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the show. Super informative, right? I love the insights that these ladies brought as to why you'd consider hiring a registered agent and taking these tasks and worry off your plate so you can focus on the area where your business needs you most. Now you can find their contact information in the show notes to learn more. As always, thank you so much for tuning into Bird Means Business Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify. And I'd love for you to leave a review if this podcast has helped you in any way. Be sure to tell every entrepreneur you know about this episode so that they too can learn why they need a registered agent. All right. Talk to y'all next week. 